This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunner Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our TGT series of Let's Talk Arsenal every Tuesday and Friday at 5pm usually. But today, unfortunately, it is Good Friday here in the UK and it's bank holiday and things are going on. So I had to bring this forward uh, to an 11am show. So apologies if usually you tune in for a 5 o'clock show and it's not there. Because uh, we're doing it earlier, so apologies about that. It's, it's pretty much a one-off. I, I really expect these to change from the 5 o'clock slot unless major things change in the future. So next Friday, it'll be back to the, the usual 5 a.m. slot. So make sure uh, you tune us in for that. Apologies if I sound a little bit out of breath as well, because it's, it's the morning. I've literally just got back from uh, from my morning 5K, and I just <laughs> got in about five minutes ago. I did that thing where you go, you set yourself that target, because obviously if you ever start getting into running, like I've tried to do since the new year, um, I left about 10 o'clock to do the 5k and it takes me probably around when I first started about 38 minutes to do the 5k's and now I'm down to just under 34 minutes so I've shaved off about four minutes of my time which I know is not amazing um, but for someone who's not run for about two to three years um, to get into it it's quite tough and I left at 10 o'clock and it takes me about five minute drive to get down to the place where I do it and I realized how much against time I was and then drive back and I'm about like so I'm a little bit out of breath, so apologies for that. And now I've got to talk for 45 minutes to an hour with you guys. So apologies if I do sound a little bit hoarse uh, today. Um, of course, thank you, as always, to Football Prizes, who are our sponsors. Uh, and there's actually two Arsenal prizes this week um, that are on, uh, and they both ran out today. The Thierry Henry prize has sold out, but, uh, of course, our members will have a chance to win a free entry. I do believe the free entry is for the Omri shirt. I will double-check that before I let the winning member know. But that has sold out. But I do believe um, that the prize that has not yet sold out, uh, and there's still a few tickets going, I think. I might be wrong and look like an absolute idiot now. Um, Here we go. No, it hasn't sold out. Is the uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang signed and framed uh, photo montage, which is the second time this prize has been going, with Daniel Robert winning the last one. All of these come with... The, uh, the signed certificate of authenticity. So, you know, it's real. Uh, and there is 
Uh, one ticket left. <laughs> so be quick. <laughs> That's one ticket to go. So if you're watching live and you want to be in the chance of winning this, only £3.95 for the last ticket, then uh, then we're going to get two sold-out prizes for this week's Arsenal show, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but that's that's kind of that. Um, let's crack on with the show and talk about some Arsenal departures. Me, oh, so just I'm so out of breath. I took that moment where the uh, where the mid roll credit is going just to go. Oh my god! So uh, yeah, it's a happy uh, Good Friday, and uh, yeah, the the morning five k has really, really killed me today. Jesus Christ! Um, anyway, let's let's go and and talk about the the possible departures that have come to light. The last twenty four hours has revealed that Arsenal. Are, effectively going to, from the looks of things, lose two of their players in the summer. Um, those two players, of course, as I'm so, sure you've seen from the, the thumbnail, are Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Lucas Torreira, two players that, if we're being 100% honest, I'm pretty sure most of us didn't think they were going to be here next season. So it shouldn't come as too much of a, a surprise to you guys. But, I mean, let's read the first one, which is which is talking about um, Lucas Torreira, because, of course, the first thing that you have to um, think about with Lucas Torreira is that, couple of days ago and um, the guy lost his mum and and that is obviously i i have no experience i'm sure some of you guys listening would have had, unfortunately tragically also gone through the experience and i can only imagine that it is it is absolutely horrible and our thoughts are of course with him at the moment um but what i would say is that having experienced loss during the the kind of short and brief and not even brief it is a long-term issue but especially during the, the short term sometimes maybe um the things that you say in interviews, things that you you come out with may not always be 100% what you might want to have said a month, six months, a year later. It's a very emotional time. And whilst this interview has taken place, um, what I would say is, is that it might turn out that this is genuinely the, the case and this is the way that Torreira wants to move and go forwards. But I still think it, it would be fair not to jump to f- conclusions in the very short space of time after this tragic event has happened. But let's read through the quotes um, and see what Lucas Torreira has said, because he has been very open um, about the possibility of leaving Arsenal. And a lot of people kind of put this down to... Um, a lot of people thought he was going to go, um, but some people genuinely thought we got kind of a, a decent player here that we signed from Sampdoria, did really well when he came in, and now uh, it's just not kind of worked out under Arteta. So let's read the comments and, and see what he said. So he's obviously uh, signing a five-year. This is on uh, Goal.com, by the way, with the interview. Uh, I'm not sure what the interview was done, um, but the interview has been published by Goal, and they say, I want to be close to my home, my family. I have a contract at Arsenal, and I'm on loan at Atletico, but I want to go to Boca Juniors. I hope the clubs can agree. It's been two years since I was enjoying myself personally. I haven't had continuity. Arsenal hurt me and Atletico, I don't play like I want. It's interesting he goes how Arsenal hurt me. That is very, very, uh, very honest. Um, We don't really know in terms of how uh, Arsenal hurt them. It says, nobody from Boca called. They sent me a shirt and the day Boca played Santos, I sent a message to encourage them. I just want to play for Boca. I have made my decision. I will do it for my father. He asked me and I'm going to do it. Which is 
Wow. Um, very, very honest and open comments. And uh, thank you, Doug. ESPN, uh, South American ESPN, uh, the ones that published the interview. It's it's very, very open and honest. I mean, part of me wants to go, you know, fair play. Fair play to the guy to be open and honest about it. He wants to go. He feels like the time at Arsenal he's had has not been good, which if we're being 100% honest, he's, he wasn't used correctly by Unai Emery towards the kind of the latter part of his tenure. Arteta didn't use him at all really used him mainly as a substitute but a lot of stock in in granite jacker um and danny sabas of course as well so i he's come here he's won an fa cup which is great um but you gotta remember what's happened to him um at the moment and that's that's obviously really really key um but what i would say is that i don't want to see arsenal have a, a kind of a, have a bit. I want to see him have a bit of a backbone about this still, because at the end of the day, everyone's human, and and this happens to everybody, and this is still business, and this is still football, and Arsenal can't be in a in a position where they just say, look, we're willing now to chop ten million quid off your off your transfer fee so you can go. If Boca want you and you want to go there, you've still got two years left on your deal. You have to pay what we want for him, and. For a player of Lucas Torreira's quality, and I believe him to be a decent player, you're looking at minimum 15 million, in my mind, minimum, for a player that's not really played too much and he signed for 23 mil. Um, his value's not increased, that's for sure, so it has gone down. But between 15 to 20 million, I think, is what we should be asking for. Um, I think to say 20 million plus, when you consider he came in for 23 mil, his value has not increased, in my mind. It may have initially, when he first started playing, but overall, I can't say that he's worth any more than that now, and especially in a pandemic hit kind of transfer window, I, I, I just can't see Arsenal getting anywhere higher than twenty mil for the guy, if that. Um, but I mean, in terms of Boca Juniors' transfer history, I just want to have a look at their transfer history and see um, if I go on to transfer marks, and then we can have a look at their kind of history of how much they actually spend on players, because that would probably tell us a good idea about how um, likely it is. Let's go to all transfers. I'll get this up on the screen so you guys can see it, of course, as well. Um, so here we go. Let's have a look at how much they typically spent. I mean, in 20, 2021, they didn't spend anything bar a loan fee. Uh, in 2019 20, they spent six million on Salvio, who I'm fairly aware of, Argentinian winger from Benfica. Hatado uh, was six million, uh, who is a 21 year old. Salvio now is 30. Um, and then you've got uh, Lissandro Lopez, who, of course, ex Leon legend, um, 2.7 million. That is the descent. No, is. Is that the Sandra Lopez I'm thinking of? I don't think it is. I think I'm thinking of someone else. Um, but anyway, I mean, they're not big fees, are they? They've sold players for decent fees. Nandez went to Cal uh, Cagliari, 16 million. Benedetto, uh, Argentinian striker, went for 12 million. Christian Pavon um, uh, left on loan to LA Galaxy for 1.6 mil fee, which is pretty big loan fee, to be fair, for a player like that. Um and again, look, you look at these players, they brought in 6 million, 4 million, 4 million, 3 million, 2 million, 2 million, 1 million, which they've spent in that summer 25 mil. Um, but I'm looking back and we're not seeing big fees, are we? Nothing's hitting over the 10 million mark. We're going back to 13, 14, and we're still not seeing any big fees being paid whatsoever. Uh, I, I mean, they're record signing from the looks of things, and we're not going to go back past 9, 10. 
If we go scroll back up again, we're not seeing a fee that is anything over really 6 million, 5.8 there. Anything higher than 5.8? 6.7 for Ivan Marcona, who is a 30-year-old who was, I mean, 28 at the time, defensive midfielder um, from Cruz Azul uh, in Mexico, I believe. Salvio, 6.3. They don't pay big fees, do they? That's fact. They don't pay big fees. And so I I don't expect to see anything other than a, a mediocre offer of max 10 million quid from Boca. I'd be hugely surprised if they came in with a fee that Arsenal were willing to... I'd, if they offered 15 million quid, I would be staggered. I'd be absolutely staggered if they offered that amount because they just don't spend big amounts of money on players. Now, the other side of things is that we could... That we could do a player plus cash deal. Now, I I don't know anything about Boca Juniors' team. I don't know anything about them as a squad. I don't know anything about much about Argentinian football. Um, and all I can go off is how transfer market rates kind of the market value of some of their players. Um, and Christian Pavon at 30. I know Pavon, of course, um, played in the Argentinian national side. He's been at LA Galaxy. So I'm, I'm fairly aware of him, £30 million market value. And by the way, Transomart's market values are not very accurate at times. Uh, and do we need a left winger? I mean, not really. No. Any of the young players that are really quite highly rated? Um, as a as a cruiser bios as a right winger, eighteen year old, four point five. I don't know enough about these players, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, we could go, we should go out and sign these guys. Um, but that's like in my head, that's something that feasibly Arsenal could look at. That they could look at saying, look, we've scouted. They'll know more than I will. Um, they've scouted these guys, and maybe, um, yeah. Uh, Doug says, isn't Pavel in the MLS? Yeah, he was on loan. Um, uh, on loan from Boca to, to LA Galaxy, as far as I'm aware. Um, so, I mean, realistically, realistically, are, are Arsenal going to let him go for a low fee? Maybe we sell historically very, very poorly. So maybe we would let him go. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Ed says, with those quotes, who else would offer anything for him? Boca holds the hammer in any negotiation. It is like that, that, that interview... And I have all the sympathy in the world. The interview has really harmed Arsenal in terms of their negotiating power. And I'm sure the club that even though that there's a lot of obviously sentimentality around the situation and, and, and sensitivity as well, it has not helped Arsenal at all. Uh, Wilson says, I get a feeling that Terrell will leave Arsenal because he was clearly unsettled in North London and does not want to be here. Um, Red Kem says, we are absolute mugs if we sell Torreira for anything less than 15 million. I would agree with that. Whilst I think that between 15 and 20 is is what I'm looking at as a fee, to sell him for less than that, I think would be really silly. Really, really silly. Uh, Yo-Yo says, if Ainsley Maitland, Niles and Torreira are sold for less than what was proposed previously, should Arteta and Edu be penalised? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Yo-Yo, I think that you've got to have to sit there and go, Torreira has wrecked his market value. So I wouldn't be sitting there and having a real go at Arteta and Edu if we do see him go. I think we'd be a bit, I think we'd be mugs, to be honest, to let him go for less than that. But it's, it is partly in turn down to him and how he has now really slashed his, his value, unfortunately. Um, Bram Dion says, perhaps they could buy him in instalments, which is very true. Omar says, why did Torreira join us if he knew he was unhappy in Europe? Obviously, things change, Omar. So we don't know what two, three years ago, if there was any differences there, he would have joined thinking he was coming to 
a big club to play the most of his his prime years, and it's just not worked out that way. Um, Matt G says Tom Arsenal will probably end up just cancelling his contract. We've said it before. Uh, Tom says Torreira might be happy enough to return to Italy where he enjoyed his football. More options for Arsenal. From the sounds of things, Tom, the way his interview is there, it. I can only see him leaving um, for, for South America at a minimum. Uh, Gundit says, can Partey and Torreira work as a midfield duo? I think any hope of us keeping him has gone. It, utterly gone. I wouldn't expect to see Torreira here next season. I'd be hugely, hugely surprised if we saw him here. So that's Torreira. I mean, it's not great, is it? It's not it's, it's not the best thing to, to read when you see that he could be possibly leaving. Um, I would be really, really surprised if he was here next season really surprised um but you know stranger things has happened and as we said at the start of the show when you had a bereavement like Torreira has losing his mum just days ago sometimes the things you say in the media and publicly and just in reaction to things aren't necessarily how you feel a month two months later or even longer than that um so who knows at this stage who who knows um there you go so um the next player is our boy this is it's the, it's the tgt mascot it's mainly uh sounds like he's gonna be off uh the telegraph posted uh, a, a published an exclusive piece uh talking about ainsley maitland niles is planning on leaving arsenal in the summer let me just throw it up on the screen for you uh there's no quotes there's no interview there is just the story uh that ainsley maitland niles is planning on leaving Arsenal in the summer, um, which doesn't surprise me. He's, If we're being very honest, his best position at Arsenal has been left wing back in a back three that we don't play anymore. That was where he's played best. That's where he got into the England national setup. He doesn't want to play really at right back. He wants to play in midfield. And to play at Arsenal in midfield, he's not as good as what we've got. He's not better than Granit Xhaka. He's nowhere near as good as Thomas Partey. He's probably as good, maybe on the same sign of level as El Nenny, if that. But I don't, I just don't think that he is going to work as a central midfielder at Arsenal. He's still got a year or two, I believe, left on his current deal. Let me just check that um, on transfer marks because it will tell me how long he's got left. His contract runs out in 2023. So after this season, he's got two years left on his deal. So we do have a decent amount of uh, leeway and, and control when it comes to a transfer negotiation. We know um, we know that obviously he can command a decent fee. He did last season. Wolves came in with about an 18 point something million pound bid with add-ons that went up to around the 20 million pound mark. That was when he was playing. That was when he was playing really well. He is still playing because he's on loan at West Brom and playing week in, week out for them in midfield. But the Telegraph claims that there's kind of a, a top half of the Premier League feeling that he is a decent right back in the Premier League and can play that position well. I think as an England international, is 22, 23 years of age. He is how old? He's 23 now. I think that he can command a decent fee still, upwards of 15 million, maybe still close to that 20 million pound mark of an offer that we got from Wolves last year. If you're thinking of upwards of 20 million in a pandemic, I think you're dreaming. I think you're absolutely dreaming. And in a scenario where he's got two years left on his deal, it's a pandemic and he wants to go and Arsenal want to sell and they need money in the context of it, you're not going to get more than 20 million. It's just not going to happen. We can't, and notoriously, Arsenal are weak in transfer negotiations. 
and we have a history of that. We need to change that. But in a pandemic situation, you're not getting upwards of 20 million quid for him. 15 to 20 million, again, I think is not only fair, I think is a decent fee that Arsenal can go out and get. If you can get 30 million combined, or just around 30 million combined for Torreira and Maitland-Niles, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. Anything less than combined 30 million for the pair, and I think there you have concerns. But I think around 30, just over 30 mil for the both of them going off, and it's probably going to be done in installments anyway. I'm okay with it. Just move them out, get them off the books, get some money in, reinvest the money elsewhere. It's, I, I genuinely, when you think that we got a player of Gabriel Magahash quality for 22 million rising to 25 and we can get 30 mil for those two. You can get quality players in the market for this amount of money. Other teams are going to be in a situation where we can get some of their players for a lower fee also. So I think that you have to think about that. Um, and if Brighton were to go down, say, which I, I'm kind of not really expecting to, but if Basuma's price then drops and you can get him for around 30 million plus, then you would you trade Torreira and Maitland-Niles for Basuma? Because I'd bite your arm off for that trade. Absolutely bite your arm off for it. So I think when you think about that, that is probably what you're, you're looking at. Uh, Matt Greek says 50 million for Maitland, Niles, Torreira and Ketia. So you're saying about 15, 15, 20 for the three of them. Bang another 40 million for Aubameyang and we might have some chance of updating this squad. I think you, I think there's a lot of kind of players that Arsenal have potentially got the capacity to sell. We probably will do a tactical breakdown video in the, in the near future about the players as we lead up to the summer that we are expecting to see go. Um, I'm not going to put specific fees next to them because I'm not a big fan of going, oh, if we sold all these guys, we get X amount of money. I'm not a big fan of that. So I think that we'll do with kind of an ins and outs kind of video in, in more of a broader context and, and probably have a couple of people on to talk about that in a discussion sense as well. That might be quite good. Um, Jashar says, uh, Tom, I'm not convinced that Ainsley is good enough um, for our midfield. The sample size is too small for me to make a judgment. Um I'm not convinced that Ainsley isn't good enough. Um, I uh, I just think that he's not going to get the sample size to convince people. So I don't think you're going to see it. That's the thing. Uh, Matt Thornton says, do you think he starts in the midfield for the teams that he's been linked to? Of course, being at Wolves, you're competing with Neves, you're competing with Jean Moutinho, Dendonka. Um, does he start? No. Does he start over there right back? Um, who is... I mean, they played Dumitre or at right back. They lost Doherty. Who's playing at right back for Wolves at the moment? Who's playing right back? Who am I? They got Bennett that can play there, but I'm swear I'm missing someone big. Uh, Samedo, of course. Is he getting in and over Samedo? Maybe, because I think Samedo is a pretty poor player. I'm not a really big fan of him. I thought he was awful at Barcelona, and he's carried on that kind of poor form at Wolves. So I think that he could compete with, with Samedo, and that tells you how poor Samedo is at the moment. Um, he's great for your FIFA games, don't get me wrong, because he's got pace. But he's not that great in the Premier League, and I think he's not been the best of signings for them. So I think he provides good competition for them. Midfield, maybe not. Um, but Wolves have suffered with a decent amount of injuries this season. So, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think he might... He would get into the Wolves team um, on a kind of rotation basis, maybe getting into the first team gradually. Other teams, though, that he's been linked with, he was linked with Leicester, previously as well, um, who Arsenal weren't keen on on selling him to. West Brom, of course, wanted to take him on loan, but not. I don't see them stumping up the money when they're going to get relegated, and I don't see him wanting to go to the championship. So I think he does get into a fair few decent sides in the Prem. Um, I just don't think that uh, he's... 
he would necessarily want to go for or would get into kind of top six sides. And that's why he's not playing, not going to be playing for us. But maybe he could get into a Wolves because I don't think, I don't really rate Nelson Semedo that highly, to be honest. So maybe he gets into that team. And that brings us to kind of the the halfway point of the show, um, which means that I am going to do the uh, prize draw for the free entry into the Thierry Henry signed shirt. Let's just go on to the Discord server and see um, of you guys what you, uh, how many people have entered. So we've got 20 entries for this week's uh, prize from our expert members and teachers. I'm going to press this five times and uh, and you're going to see it this time. So there's no uh, discrepancies. <laughs> uh, so good luck and let's see who wins it. So we've got one, two, three, four, and five. Number 14. And number 14 is Kian. I think, is that Kian two weeks in a row? No way is that Kian winning two weeks in a row. Fair play. Um, so congratulations to Kian. Well done, mate. Uh, you've won again. <laughs> two weeks in a row he's won. Cheeky little boy. <laughs> There's going to be absolute raging going on in the Discord server uh, after that one. Um, just let me message in there. Kian, congratulations. you won again two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be fuming with that dearie me oh dear absolute fix people are claiming in the chat box <laughs> well done kim there you go i mean if anything it's number 14 for thierry Henry. i mean it's written kim has surely got this in the bag this week i mean to be fair it has to be lined up so that not only is it thierry Henry, not only does kim then win the free ticket but if he is the number in the prize to then win, it would be absolutely incredible. But, Kian, congratulations, mate. I'll send you your uh, your number for what you're going to be in the prize draw. And, if, of course, there are no tickets left um, for the prize. So make sure you tune in next week. Let me just re uh, refresh the Abamyang prize. There is still one more ticket left uh, for the Abamyang montage. I'll put that link into the chat box. So if you want to get the final ticket for the signed Aubameyang montage, the link is in the uh, chat box now. So make sure you get that last one. Oh, dearie me. So we've covered the players um, now that are officially looking like they're going to go. So we move on to the second half of the show. There you go, Kia. Congratulations, mate. Much appreciated. Uh, always the support you're giving the channel, as always, Vela. Um, if... You've got a question for the last 20 minutes of the show. I'm only going to go a 45-minute show this morning, so I won't keep you too long. Um, but 20 minutes left, so do let me know. If you've got a question that you think needs answering, then we're going to have a few discussion points around that topic. Irfan says, thoughts on Lacazette's new contract in the summer. He's had an okay season, but surely it's time to cut our losses and not offer another old player another contract that we will be stuck with. Now, Irfan... I think there's two schools of thought with this. I think a contract extension for Lacazette, you can make an argument for it, but you can't make an argument for like a two to three year extension. I'd be saying to Lacazette, look, you're turning 30 in May. We're going to offer you a one year extension to protect your value. And of course, so we don't lose you on a free. If you want to sign it, sign it. If you don't, then we're going to move you on. That's how I think we need to approach our 30 plus players now. We take a similar process to what Chelsea do is once you hit that 30 age bracket, you get a one-year extension offer. If you don't want to stay here, then we're going to sell you. That's how I would do it. I don't actually have too much of an issue with Lacazette staying for an extra season or two. I just think that there's not really enough striking quality out there for me at the moment to say, look, I think that if we signed an Eduard, he'd be a big upgrade on, on Lacazette now. I don't think he would. And next season's a really, really important one because I think the next season who we sign 
have to come in. They need to come in and have an immediate impact and be a right goal scorer from the off, scoring 20-plus goals in the Premier League season. Do I see any of the players that we've been linked to, the likes of Eduard, um, doing that? I have my reservations. There's all the capacity for them to. I'm just not sure it would happen next season. So Lacazette, in, combat, in combination with Aubameyang, I can see them getting the goals necessary for next season. But a lot of people are actually kind of falling down the line of maybe we should sell Aubameyang, which I very much doubt you'd get 40 million for him now, as I saw someone earlier on in the chat box put. But yeah, it's, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Yo-Yo says, do you believe uh, Arteta will continue to favour his trusted players or reward form in the final stretch? I, I think that Arteta will ultimately play the players that he thinks are going to get the best result in the games. Um I think that he's put a lot of stock in the more experienced players this season, and that's backfired because they've not delivered for him. The law of averages will tell you that the experienced players be play should be playing better than they currently are, and they can only get better by playing. But I think that there are other players in the team that deserve a chance. With Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe both out, I would hope that Martinelli could be given a chance this weekend. I think Willian against Liverpool is not a good recipe for success. I could be wrong. I'd rather see Martinelli playing against Liverpool, really give him a bit of to kind of the, the pressure on the back line, the consistent running, pushing that back four, giving Alexander, Trent Alexander-Arnold a right nightmare on their right-hand side, running in behind, taking advantage of where the holes open up for us. I'd be playing him. I don't think Willian necessarily does that. I think Willian's more of a reserve player that can kind of create from a deeper position. He can take players on, but he's not had the best of seasons. So I personally would go for a Martinelli. And if you want to see our preview, then make sure you tune in from yesterday's show where we did discuss the Liverpool game in a lot more detail. Um, Josh Hunter says, who would you want as a teeny backup? Josh, I'm leaning more towards a more experienced Premier League player that's out of contract this summer. I'd be going for a Bertrand. I'd be going for a Patrick Van Arnholt. One of those two. Give yourself the cover, and that's fine. Tierney is going to miss a few games during the season. I think one of those two, a Bertrand or a Van Arnholt, gives you that cover. You don't need to spend necessarily loads of money on bringing in a young prospect that's pretty close to the age of Tierney anyway, and someone that knows that they're, you know, going to be brought in for cover. They're going to get games in if we qualify for European competition. They're going to get games because Tierney is not 100% fit for the entirety of the season and we need to rotate. And they're coming into a decent-sized club like Arsenal. So I think that, that that is personally where I would go down the route. I wouldn't be in investing in a uh, a Vindal, for instance. I wouldn't be investing in that instance because I think that we've got Tierney. So why would you spend the 20 million upwards on a player the one we've already got someone like Tierney that's your long-term option? Go out and spend a minimal fee on a decent player that's out of contract or has got a year left on their deal and that's got Premier League experience. I mean, yeah, I've really come around to the idea of Cedric on the right, so why not do a similar situation on the left? I think that's something that we need to do. Yo-Yo uh, says, will you be happy with the backup earning hundreds of thousands a week on the bench? Obviously, we need to be sensible with who we sign. Um, that's, that's a fact. So, no, I wouldn't be happy with that. We just need to be... Uh, a little bit sensible with the wages that we give players in the future, uh, which hopefully with Richard uh, Garlic coming in, the new uh, head of football operations figure, I don't know exactly right the role, but uh, hopefully that's that's going to improve things. Uh, Karthik says, Tom, would you take Hakimi at right back if you can have someone for cover who sits? Karthik, to answer that question, I did a whole show on it yesterday, um, so you can go watch my thoughts on Hakimi. In the short, I think we should be targeting someone else someone that gives you a lot more defensively. But if you want my detailed thoughts and statistical comparisons, then go and watch yesterday's show. 
Uh, Ishak uh, says, thoughts, Tom? I reckon Willian will be played over Martinelli. I agree with you. I think that's probably the way that he will go. I'd rather Martinelli play, but I think that Willian will play. To support Tierney on the left, as we won't be attacking as much against Liverpool, we'll absorb their pressure. I disagree in that sense, though. I think that we will go to attack Liverpool. I think that we've played better this season against the top sides when we've attacked. We attacked Chelsea and we got a result. We attacked Man United. We did pretty well. We got a nil-nil draw at uh, Old Trafford earlier on in the season. We created some opportunities, but we could have won the game at home against Man United. Granted, we could have also lost with the chances they created, but we could have won the game. We beat Spurs by attacking them, and we beat Leicester by attacking them. I think that we've got a really good opportunity to go out and get a result against Liverpool. Sitting back is what Spurs did against us at the Emirates, and look what happened to them. I'd be going out to attack Liverpool, and that's why Martinelli, for me, would be the better choice of the two. Um, let's scroll down and get some more. Um, Adam says, Tom, you made a detailed analysis on Hakimi and why he and how he could become, sorry, I'm really out of breath from my run this morning. Um, Tom, you made a detailed analysis on Hakimi and how he could become our next main right back. Which other under-the-radar options you think might be an even better fit besides the usual? Of course, the show yesterday was kind of looking at some of the issues of Hakimi and why I thought maybe he wouldn't be the best option. I think that Emerson at Real Betis slash Barcelona is the better option. I also think someone like uh, Celik at Lille, uh, the Turkish international right back, is also a very good option. I don't think that would inspire a lot of people. I think they'd be like, oh, really? Um, but I think that's actually more down to look into the guy, do the research. He's a very, very good player. Um, and I, I think he's someone that would be add to the defensive side of the game. Um, who else do I like? Uh, Mukiele, but I think that's kind of a a bit of a, a marquee kind of signing. And if they're going to lose Upper Meccano and Canate in the summer, if they lose Mukiele as well, I doubt they'd want to. So that would be a very difficult one to, to get done. That's that's a problem. Uh, Masrawi, as Christian said, from Ajax is also a decent choice. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Dumfries uh, from PSV. I'm, I'm really not the biggest fan of, of, of him. Personally, I, I, I think there's better options than, than him for me. Um, just my opinion. Just my just my opinion. Um, Karthik says, Smith-Rowe over Martinelli for tomorrow. Smith-Rowe might not be fit. That's why I've not put Smith-Rowe in my team. Otherwise, I'd agree with you, Karthik. I'd rather Smith-Rowe and Odegaard uh, play together. Um, but yeah. Akene says, Tom, how confident are you uh, about tomorrow? I am, you know, I'm always the optimist. Um, I predicted a 1-0 win with the Cedric Screamer, not for comedy value, because it's the truth, because it's facts. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm just excited for football to come back. I'm excited to join Hugh for the watch along. I think that it's going to be a really tough game, but uh yeah, we can get a result. We just need to attack them. We need to make them worried. We need to show the same kind of fight that we showed against Spurs and not play like we did in the first 30 minutes against West Ham. We need to show the second half of the West Ham game, not the first 30 minutes, because that is that is a really big problem. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, we did win at Old Trafford, Curtis. Exactly. It's a really good one. We didn't win at home. We drew, and that's why we need to turn those results around, turn those draws into wins. Doug says, is there no youth behind Kieran Tierney? I actually did. Uh, I'll put it into the chat box. Uh, uh, a tactical analysis uh, player profile on Joe, Joe Lopez, our young Spanish left back. Uh, it's in the chat if you want to give it a look with insight from Next Generation Arsenal. I'm sure most of you follow on Twitter. Um, I personally think that 
he's off. He's a bit off. He's he's not kind of like the levels of Saka kind of youngster coming through, and he's he's just not for me. And he's I, I just I'm really struggling with this because I just don't think that he's going to make it at Arsenal yet. I know there's some other ones coming through, all abusive, etc. Um, but I think he came in as a, a very kind of highly thought of left back from Barcelona. Yeah, I think that the drop off from Tierney to some of our our youth options is is too far. Bola, Talaji Bola, who I believe spent time um, with Southend or Rochdale, one of the two. Uh, let me just check. He was Rochdale. It was. Um, he's twenty two now, and if you're twenty two and you're not getting into the into the main squad at twenty two, yeah, I, I very much doubt you're going to make it. So, no. Enrico says, Tom, what's Pedri's ceiling? I mean, higher than the one that's above me, mate, because he is a special, special kid. And Barcelona have done really well to get him in from Las Palmas. He is a really, really good talent. To be playing in the Spanish national side at 18, um, he joined Barca at 17 and was starting then. He's unbelievable. Really, really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they've got some really good players in him and in Fatty, uh, who of course has, has really struggled this season because of injury and has been out for most of it since October. So, yeah, but Pedri is an unbelievable talent, and uh, you know could be could be the next Iniesta. I hate using comparisons like that, but he plays in that attacking midfield role. So you know he could be the the Spanish option for the next. I'm going to be looking at him at the Euros, expecting some really big things. Dan Roberts says, Cedric is better than all these right backs. Let's get some Cedric love in the chat. Cedric squad. Um, Ishak says, nine points away from top four with nine games left. Odds on. Um, <laughs> I think it's tricky. I think that we've got the benefit of a lot of those teams of us who've got to play each other. We've still got to play Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, Everton. Uh, we've got some really important games against those. If you were to get wins against Liverpool, Everton and Chelsea, which I think Chelsea's a bit of a push, but I think we can get wins against Everton and against Liverpool. If we can, then yeah, we got a real chance of pushing for for fourth, fifth, sixth position, at least top six. That should be the target. If we can't get wins against those guys, then no, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. Um, don't bet anything on Arsenal, says New Tide. I agree with you. Uh, Yoda says, in light of Aubameyang's new hairstyle, who do you believe is the most recognisable player have played for the club or in the Prem, not famous, but easily identifiable, like Edgar, Edgar Davids and Fellaini, just because of um, the, <laughs> I don't know, um, in the for Arsenal specifically. Um, I'm not sure. Um, Recognisable players. I mean, Gendouzi, players with, I mean, players with obviously huge hair, um, of course, do... <laughs> are very standout players for obvious reasons. I'm trying to think though. Freddie Jumberg, of course, when he had the red, uh, the red hair, that was very standout. Um, but not necessarily hugely famous players. Um, I'm just trying to think who stood out for Arsenal as kind of a player. Bakary Sanya's a good shout. Um, with of course the the blonde highlights. Uh, Javinho's hairline, says AK Gunner, uh, is, yeah, a big shout. Ray Parler with the mullet, yeah, it could be him. Um, Louise, again, the big hair does help. It's a, it's a good question, that. I'm trying to think, though, of players. Shamak had terrible hair. <laughs> Deary me. Uh, yeah, that was not good. Not good in the slightest. 
I'm just trying to think that there's any kind of identifiable characteristics about some of the players that we had. Um, Mikatarians, weird bald patches at the the the, the, the here. That was that was strange. Um, <laughs> it just he joined Arsenal and his hair started falling out at the at those specific points. Um, so maybe Mikatarian for that. That was really odd. Um, the bent in a bun uh, says Daniel Robert. The skull cap from uh, Petr Cech. Yeah. All of those are identifiable characteristics of these guys. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. It's a good question. Who is Arsenal's most kind of striking player um, appearance-wise? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, we've not had kind of like, I, I don't know if we're saying that we've not had too many is unfair because I think we have had some very identifiable players. Um, I'm trying to think of any that we haven't really thought of. Um, actually, that it's I love that question though, yo yo. It's a great one. Um, I'm trying to think of some that no one's really come up with yet as a player. That I mean, when Bellerin's haircut was been pretty poor, uh, yet Frimpong's a good shout, Brown, with the the mohawk with the blonde highlight in it as well. That was also pretty uh standout. Um, Charlie George's mullet says Michael Casey. Uh, he's also a good shout. Giroud's beard uh, says Ishak. Yeah, very true. Um, uh, Tom says Arteta's a Playmobil hair or the, the Lego head hair. <laughs> yeah, still has it. Uh, Seth Fabregas's 16-year-old blonde highlights. There was something in the 2000s about blonde highlights. I never had them when I was at school during the 2000s, but a friend of mine did. Um, shout out to Ben Erland. Uh, definitely has the, the blonde highlights at one point. Really, really brave decision when you look back on it. Um, but I'm just Rob Holding's hairline says Tuva. I mean, I can't have a go at people with poor hairlines because mine's pretty poor. So uh, you wonder why I wear a hat. Although, you know, it's it's nice having the the shorter hair these days. Um, Song says Josh Hunter. Maybe. Um, what do you mean Gallas? <laughs> why would Gallas be? Oh, um, I really want to think of someone that no one's thought of as just like someone who came in and you're like, what what on earth is this? But I can't. Maybe it's one for the, the Twitter. If you can think of one, start tweeting me at Laguna Talk TV. Um, because I really can't quite get my head around some some striking players. Um <laughs> so there you go. Um Senderos's no hair, or it was just so blonde that it made him look bald. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's that is a really great question to finish off uh, the show. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Apology for sounding, as I said, a little bit hoarse because I got back off my 5k uh, this morning. But uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting show talking about a couple of players that you know. I, It'd be sad to see him go. Mainsley, of course, has been a big part of the show. We'll do a tribute to him. We definitely will if he does leave. Um, but uh, they've got to move on to better things. And hopefully Arsenal can get some some decent money in um, for sure. Uh, and I think that when you're looking at a player like these two, are they going to be getting into Arsenal next season as a starting player? It's unlikely. So get as much money for them. If you can get a decent player in and the money that you recoup from it, you're going to love it. You're going to love the fact we're going to bring in a great player. for, And you won't even think about the fact that they've gone. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, of course, please drop a like on the video. I'll be back tomorrow with the, uh, the Raw Reaction Show straight after the game. And I'll be joining Hugh for the watch-along as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys. As always, apologies that this was really early in the day at 11 going to 12, um, but I had no choice because it's Good Friday here in the UK and it's a bank holiday and stuff is going on in the afternoon. So apologies for that, but I'll, uh, I'll be joining you after the, the, the game tomorrow and uh, make sure you drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Give us a follow at The Gunner Talk TV. Um, and good luck, Kian, in the uh, the draw tonight for the, the Thierry on re-signed shirt and the Aubameyang signed montage. But on that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. <laughs>